Pastor T. Mark Gandy, Thomas Mark Gandy, from Miracle Temple in Richmond, California. I've known him and his family for almost 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he has been a blessing to us. Uh, last year, he and Pastor Calvin came and we ministered together. And now we brought the ladies back with him because we wanted this particular ministry to focus on the needs of women and encouraging them and blessing them, but they'll also be working with the men as well. So I will let him, without further ado, tell you a little bit about himself and bring the word. Thank you, Sister Rose. God bless you all. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. So it's a good thing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And I bring you greetings from California, and I just want to say uh, how uh, thankful and grateful that I am uh, for Sister Rose Austin uh, making this ministry trip possible for us. And I thank God for um, how He has provided and made provisions that we were that were needful and necessary for us to come. And we certainly want to thank your pastor. Uh, Henry Gutierrez and his wife uh, for allowing us the opportunity to speak. He allowed uh, Minister Yvette Waters to speak this morning at the first service and for allowing me to speak here at your, at your uh, English speaking service. And I want to thank our team, uh, which consists, of course, of Pastor Calvin Brown and all those that traveled with us uh, for accepting the invitation. Now, I also want to thank my wife, Sister Lori, who is not here, but she sends her love in the person of me. <laughs> so we're just grateful to God for what he's doing in this, in this hour. So I'm not going to be before you long, but I do want to uh, speak a word that the Lord gave me on uh, Friday before we left uh, California. So... I also wanted to honor uh, Pastor Juan Carlos, amen. amen, amen, just a powerful man of God, and I thank God for your prayers, Pastor. Um, I want to call your attention to the book of Acts, chapter number 8, and verse number 26, I'll begin there. Uh, <clears throat> and it says, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting on his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and read him, and heard him rather read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? 
And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of that scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So I want to just advise you to read the entire uh, chapter of this book of Acts, the eighth chapter, for some background. But I want to preach or speak on the subject, the conversion conversation. The conversion conversation. Or a subtopic, why shouldn't I be baptized? Let's pray. Father, I come before you this morning with thanksgiving. I thank you for your goodness, for your mercies. I thank you for your word. And I pray that you would help me to declare your word with power, with a conviction, and with clarity. And I just pray that every ear that hears your word would say to what hinders me to be baptized. God bless you. So the Message Bible says, here is water. Why can't I be baptized? And another version says, what is to stop me from being baptized? So the question that this man asked was a question that we should all ask, especially if we've never been baptized. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Or what would keep me from being baptized? What would stop me from being baptized? Now, I'm a little different than other pastors. And those of you who don't know me, and even the few that do know me, would know that I'm different than a lot of other pastors. And what I mean by that is I just don't go dunking people just because they decided to join church. I want them to have a clear understanding of what it is first. A good explanation of baptism is that it's an outward expression of an inward commitment. It's a public confession of your faith. And too many people don't understand what baptism is or what it's for and what it represents. But the simple act of being baptized in is, in a, is an, in and of itself does not save you. You must have an understanding of what that baptism is doing for you and spiritual, for your spirituality before you can have any of the effects 
of salvation on your life. Now this eunuch was an important person. Verse 27 says, And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. So what we do know about him was that he was a man of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. And we know that he had charge of all of her treasure and that he came to Jerusalem for the purpose of worship. And as he was returning in his chariot, after having attended the worship service, he met a man by the name of Philip. Now this was an educated man. He was a man of great wealth and great authority, but he was also a man who loved Jehovah God the God of the Jewish people. And it's quite possible that he had embraced that faith. So as the man reads from the book of Isaiah, he comes across a passage of scripture that reads, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh this prophet? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So Philip didn't just have a casual conversation about Jesus with the man. The word says he preached it to him. He told him everything there was to know about Jesus. I'm sure he used chain references, amen, to give scripture background about this Jesus. Perhaps he used illustration, I don't know. But he testified about the time that he himself had spent in the presence of Jesus, about the miracles that he saw Jesus perform, and how Jesus' own preaching moved uh, multitudes of people, and how uh, Jesus' preaching confounded the religious people of his day. I'm sure, he told them about Lazarus, who was dead, and Jesus raised him from the dead, or about the blind man who received his sight. Maybe he told him about the man that had the withered hand whose hand received strength. How Jesus uh, was by night taken to be crucified. I'm sure he told him how Jesus was taken like a lamb to the slaughter. And how they railed accusations against him. But he never opened his mouth except to say, I thirst. Philip told the man how Jesus died, and not only died, but he was resurrected three days later and was seen by the apostles and the masses of people for many days. He must have told the eunuch how he himself saw this lamb 
as Isaiah wrote, ascend to heaven with his very own eyes. And then maybe he told him about how on the day of Pentecost over, over 4,100 people were baptized and received the Holy Spirit after one man asked Peter, what must we do? Peter responded, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he probably even told the man about the revival that he had just come from in Samaria, where many miracles and wonders were performed, and where multitudes of people were being baptized in the name of the one who he was reading about in Isaiah. And how they too had received the Holy Spirit by baptism, which was evidenced by the speaking of other tongues. And when he told them everything that there was to tell them about this one who Isaiah called the Lamb of God, and who the people called the Son of God, the eunuch's response was, why shouldn't I be baptized? He said, I want in. I want to be a part of this. Yes. I want to be saved. Yes. So now I doubt that this conversation of conversion was 30 minutes. In fact, I believe they were probably there for several hours, if not most of the day, in order for Philip to share all of that, all that Jesus experienced and all that he experienced through Jesus. And it would have taken just that long for Philip to tell the eunuch all that he had witnessed himself. And now, in the conclusion of the conversation, the eunuch was ready to be baptized. So, so the question that the eunuch asked is an amazing question to me because it shines a light on this man and it lets us know where his heart was. Because the response to hearing all that there was to hear about Jesus, he immediately was ready to be baptized. He wasn't hard-headed. He wasn't argumentative. He didn't question everything that Philip said. And when he heard the truth, his response was this. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And Philip's response to the question is equally important for us to understand because in Philip's response he says if your heart is ready if your heart is ready if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest and he answered and said I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and with that confession the unit qualified himself as a candidate for baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and there's so much more to why we baptize people in order for them to join the kingdom of God. See, there's nothing wrong with dedicating an infant to the Lord as Hannah did when it came to Samuel, her son. But we don't baptize infants because it's not found in the Bible. Because an infant neither has sins to repent of, 
nor do they have the ability to understand and believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Now we do believe in blessing a child, dedicating a child, but it's interesting that people join the church or join a church because they want a relationship with Jesus Christ and to be a part of the kingdom of God. And that is truly the reason for baptism. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I can't tell you for certain that a person is truly baptized unless they understand what baptism is all about and what it will do for them. Jesus says in John 3 and 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then in verse 5 it reads, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So in verse 3, he says he can't see the kingdom of God. And verse 5 says he can't enter into the kingdom of God. So don't get mad at the preacher. If this rubs you the wrong way, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Amen. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. And this kind goes along with what happened over there in the book of Acts in the second chapter. And some people say, I don't believe that you have to be baptized. I can just be a good person and get into heaven. It doesn't take all of that. Well, my answer is, I respect your beliefs. However, I don't read that in the Bible and I can tell you what the Bible has to say about this subject. First of all, it tells us in Philippians 2 and 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And Romans 6, 3 and 4, to paraphrase, says, as we were baptized into Jesus Christ, we are baptized into his death. And just like Christ raised from the dead, we should walk in a new life. Amen. So we are changed for the purpose of salvation. And in other words, don't just guess at it. Don't treat it like it's just another subject in the Bible and that it's not really all that important. Just get into the Word for yourself. Dig into the Scriptures to find out what it is talking about. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. 1 Peter 3 and 21 says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. It saves us. So this subject of baptism is pretty important. If it's a part of the salvation process, then we need to understand it. We need to talk about it. We need to have a conversion conversation. We need to devote some time to understand and to grasp what the Bible is saying about it and whether or not we should do it. So if you don't believe that you have to be baptized, that it doesn't, uh, that in itself doesn't make it untrue. We're all grown adults here today. And we can believe what we want to believe. I certainly believe what I want to believe, but I base it on what I read in the Word of God. 
Just because you believe something does not make it true. Just because you were taught something as a child doesn't make it the truth either. In America, we some people still believe in Santa Claus. Others believe in the Easter Bunny. But that doesn't make it real. But if it's not here in the Word of God, it's just somebody's opinion. Will you agree? So are you going to trust someone's opinion or trust God and God's Word? I, I choose to trust God's Word. So this is why we have to ask what the Bible says about baptism. When we look in the Word of God, we see what it's all about. We see what Jesus said about baptism. We see what the disciples said about baptism and how it was done in the Bible. And if you've never been baptized, if you don't remember being baptized, or you don't know how you were baptized, then perhaps 